Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is, get this, 2 2 of 2022. It is currently 1 a.m. in the morning. Yep, I'm up late doing my thing, talking to you folks, working late, burning the midnight oil, right? You guys all know I'm a workaholic. I think I am. I'm also a lazaholic, if there's such a thing as that, right? All right, I'm going to turn this music down and get to podcasting. So, first of all, I must apologize for not um, doing my podcast as frequently as I've done it before. You know, uh, life has been getting a little bit on the busy side with the house being... um, I guess worked on all the time and uh, I'm no longer moving around. I'm actually in my corner space of my old office or I guess now it's my new office, but I'm still not really moved in. 75% of my downstairs of my house is kind of moved in into this little space here. So I'm living out of this little corner of my house, which is still pretty big. But then again, with everything in it, it's still pretty small, right? I don't have a kitchen. I don't have an oven. I can't bake. If I want to bake anything, I have to start a fire outside. I don't feel like Starting up my smoker just to like, you know, make a DiGiorno pizza. That'll be kind of a little bit of an overkill. So that's why I'm not podcasting as much. I've just been really busy doing things. Anyway, I hope your week is going great. Uh, you know, we're just coming up to the middle of the week. Uh, today, I guess on 2-2-22-2, I'm doing a wedding over at Paradise Cove. Just shooting a quick three-camera video coverage and then I'm done with it. Then I'm really done. I'm coming back home going to rest, maybe get a workout in and, uh, you know, hopefully enjoy the rest of the night. Now, for this podcast, I wanted to talk about something really cool. I want to talk about, I think, the freedom of speech, which we kind of take for granted. Now, the thing that makes America great is our freedom to be wrong, our freedom to be right, our freedom to protest, our freedom to be offensive. This is what makes America great. It may sound really stupid because, you know, Who wants to mislead people? Who wants to protest? Who wants to offend anyone? Honestly, we don't. But here's the thing. You know, at the end of the day, what I say may be funny to someone else. And then at the same time, it may be offensive to someone else. All right. So I could make someone laugh. I could offend someone. I could mislead someone by saying something funny. And they'll say, whoa, you're saying something misleading. And all of a sudden, if we live in a country that regulates speech, becomes the gatekeeper of what is misleading, of what is offensive, of what type of speech we cannot say, then we are treading down a path of censorship that is on the same platform as China. And we really don't want to go there. So just recently, within the last couple of days, um, you know, what this, uh, this, there's one of my Facebook friends, not real friends in real life. Um, his name is Ryan Matsumoto and he's a, he's a local celebrity here in, um, here in Hawaii. You know, he, uh, he's part of what they call the Salmon Ryan show. Uh, that it's a really, really popular show in Hawaii on 93.9. And it's one of the top radio shows in Hawaii for good reason because, um, Sam and Ryan, uh, are two wildly entertaining uh, individuals, and they're really good at what they do. Now, I don't listen to them, you know, very often. I, I probably have listened to them, to be honest, maybe about three or four times in my life. Um, the reason being that I just don't listen to the radio very often, and I, I don't get up in time. You know, I get up at the crack of noon, and I think they're just finishing their show around then, or maybe they finished it a lot earlier. Again, I don't know him personally, 
Um, and I added him to Facebook, uh, not knowing that he was a local celebrity. You know, I actually added him uh, because his wit was extremely funny and uh, his humor, you know, kind of mimicked my own. I have kind of a raunchy humor sometimes and I, I love offensive humor. And, uh, you know, what he was saying, I thought it was just courageously offensive, especially in these days where everyone is just so offended, right? So, you know, of course, now I've never met him in real life, but most of our interactions on social media, you know, include me trolling his comedic status updates. Now, every now and then, you know, Ryan, he sticks his head into controversial topics, which is great, and he starts a fire. And uh, that's when things get a little interesting, and those are when my conversations on his comment section get a little bit more serious. So this past week, Ryan decided to post an article by the BBC. And uh, that article fact-checked Joe Rogan. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last few years, uh, Joe Rogan, just to update you, Joe Rogan is the host of the most popular podcast in the world. Now, um, he has close to 11 million listeners worldwide per episode. That's huge. Now, to put that into perspective, the MMA, right, Mixed Martial Arts, they receive around 5.6 million viewers per match. So he is as twice as popular as the MMA matches that most of everyone you know watches, right? And get this, the highest rated cable news show, they only receive 3.21 million viewers. And Dancing with the Stars, which I don't really watch, all right, but I know a lot of you people out there, you guys, you guys watch that, they only have 5.4 million viewers. So Joe Rogan is out there. He's tipping the scale at 11 uh, listeners, 11 million listeners per episode. I mean, that is huge. And that's why he's making the big bucks from Spotify. Now, his podcast you can find on Spotify. It's a, it's a video podcast, not an audio podcast like mine. Um, by the way, my podcast, Barbecue to Movies, you can find it on Spotify if you aren't already subscribed, just to let you know. Now, the great thing about his podcast, it's a long format sit down conversation piece with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, characters or just people. We're just calling people who, um, who are just very interesting. And, and, he, and he sits down the, with them and interviews them for hours. And these aren't like news type of, you know, Barbara Walters types of interviews. These are just very casual, extremely casual as though Joe is just having a conversation with that person. And eventually he gets down to the nitty gritty and starts asking them, asking them the tough questions. Um, but his conversations are very interesting. So you can listen to his podcast from beginning to end and be very intrigued. Now he's interviewed everyone from Amanda Knox to Carrot Top. And you know, since COVID started, he's been featuring guests of wildly different varying um, opinions on what COVID is. Maybe there's possible treatments out there, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where Joe Rogan kind of got himself in a bit of trouble. So unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, unfortunately for him, because what he did, he basically, what he did, he got the left attacking him. So what he did was that he gave a platform who uh, those on the left wanted to censor, all right? And predictably, I mean, you could almost predict this to the T, the left started to accuse Joe Rogan of spreading dangerous and misleading information. Now, why do we hear that all the time? Well, if you post something on Facebook and Facebook finds whatever you post dangerous or misleading, you could get either canceled, your entire account could get canceled or you could get banned or you're all of a sudden you could, you know, uh, I guess your, your post could be, you know, 
I guess, limited as far as when it comes to circulation. They've done those things to me. Uh, I've had some of my posts, by the way, um, completely taken down because they said what I was spreading was misinformation and it was also, again, very dangerous. And then, apparently, what I was spreading back then became the truth now, so I don't understand. So what, whatever I was spreading back then was dangerous and misleading back then, but it's now today it's not considered dangerous or misleading because it's now the truth. What was I telling people back then? Well, when it came to mask, you know, for the most part, cloth mask didn't work, right? The N95, maybe the surgical mask may have provided some protection, but I was saying the cloth mask, because the weaves were just so large and large and all that, it didn't work. My account got suspended because I said that, all right? You know, that post got taken down. Now, what do we know right now? Well, the CDC comes out and says, well, that's that's all true. So my dangerous and misleading information back like a year ago, now all of a sudden is the truth, and my account was suspended for no reason. Now, do you get what's, what's happening right here? When you become the gatekeeper of the truth, you know, you really have no idea what the truth is. For example, we'll just go off on a tangent here and say that, hey, you remember when Donald Trump was running for a re-election for president and they found the laptop from hell, right? Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, if you posted something from the New York Post, which had any information about um, Hunter Biden's laptop, you would find yourself, your, your account would be possibly suspended, um, your post would be taken down, or you would be given some type of warning. Now, that time I was given a warning. Now, what do we know right now? We know for a fact that the, the laptop is 100% real. The information on there is 100% real. It's not from Russia. And, it, you know, Facebook was wrong. So all of those accounts that got suspended, guess what? They haven't been reinstated. How do I know that? Some of my friends who love to spread, you know, I guess, misinformation, quote unquote misinformation, they still don't have their account back. <laughs> Facebook, the gatekeeper of truth, doesn't want to give their account, I guess, <laughs> preferral treatment anymore because they spread they, they had spread truthful information before, and Facebook has pie on their face. That's what I'm thinking, all right? So anyway, back to what we're talking about. The two guests on Joe Rogan's podcast that he featured that the left had a problem with was, number one, Dr. Peter McCullough, McAuliffe, or something like that. McAuliffe, Dr. Peter McAuliffe. Why don't we just call him that? Now, who is he? He's a cardiologist, and he's the chief of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center. That sounds pretty good, right? His own hospital is not canceling him. Guess what? He's an advocate of hydroxychloroquine as a form of treatment for COVID. Now, I know a handful of people who have been treated with hydroxychloroquine for COVID and, it's, and you know, they were not feeling good. And as soon as they were put onto hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin, <laughs> they turned the corner. Now, it could have been coincidental. They don't consider it coincidental at all, all right? They actually credit HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, with saving their lives. There's something there. There is actually something there, right? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you take, when you take like a, you know, headache medicine, you say, well, Advil really doesn't work with me. And whoa, when I took like Tylenol, that really, really, really worked. Now, now you can tell when something works, right? So I'm thinking these people you know, my friends, my very close friends who took hydroxychloroquine, it's not all in their mind, right? And the friend, my friend who took it, he was, I think, I think he's 75 years old. Um, he got hit with the alpha variant of COVID. Um, he had it around for about 
I think about one or two weeks. Um, he tried using the quercetin and zinc. It wasn't strong enough. And I, I told um, his um, son, hey, you know, get your father on, you know, hydroxychloroquine. He found a doctor who would prescribe it to him. He got it to him. And within three days, he was fine. But he was going on a downhill slope. He was having a hard time breathing. How do you like that, right? Take it for what it is. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Now, for what I'm saying, for what I'm saying, all right, the left would want me to be canceled. For what I'm saying, for the story that I just said, the left would say, whoa, 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 Steve Young. Steve Young is saying something that could be misleading and dangerous when I'm just telling you the truth. And that's what Dr. Peter McAuliffe was saying. And he's treated people with COVID, with hydroxychloroquine, zinc and azithromycin. You need to do all three. And it's been seen the results. So why can't he say that? Why is what he's, why is what is, why is what he's saying? Why is it considered dangerous? You know, that's, that's what I'm saying, right? Okay. The second, uh, the second person, Dr. Robert Malone. Now, I don't really care for this guy. I'll be quite honest. I really don't care for him. Uh, but he's a virologist and he helped create the genesis technology for the mRNA vaccine. Now he kind of goes off the off the hook and says that he is responsible for creating the mRNA vaccines. To be honest, mRNA vaccines. Um, you know, he was only twenty years old when he worked in the lab that he helped create that, and he did help create the genesis technology that all the mRNA vaccines are built upon right now. But the mRNA the mRNA vaccines, you know, went through a an evolution of uh, different uh, virologists and doctors and, and vaccine engineers to get to where they are now. So it just wasn't Dr. Robert Malone, and he always likes to tout that, right? So he's a little misleading on that side, right? So, but he does advocate for the use of ivermectin as a treatment for COVID. Now, I do have friends who have taken ivermectin to treat their COVID, and it has been very, very successful. And one of my friends out there um, who I met on Facebook, who I then met in real life, um, he told me he wasn't vaccinated. Um, he took the ivermectin. His doctor prescribed it to him. He took it when he, uh, when he came down with, uh, I guess, um, COVID while traveling to Florida. And uh, he was there at his hotel. He, he quarantined himself. And he st started taking the ivermectin. And immediately, with the, I think he started feeling better. The next couple of days, he felt better. And then he thought, okay, I'm feeling good enough where I can stop it. And then he stopped it. And then he um, started not feeling too good. And he called up his doctor. And the doctor said, no, you're not supposed to stop it. You got to keep taking it. And he, as soon as he started taking it again, he started feeling a lot better. Now, he did have... Um, uh, access to hydroxychloroquine, he took a little bit of that and he didn't, you know, hydroxychloroquine and his body didn't really, uh, you know, go well together. He felt a little seasick when he took it. So he, so he took ivermectin instead. Now, but then after he took the ivermectin, he was fine. Could have just been a little, little coincidental? Yes, it could have been. It really could have been. Do I think so? No. The conversation I'm having with you, does that have to be censored? No, not at all. So anyway, to make a long story short, the left, including left-leaning celebrities, now want Joe Rogan's show pulled from Spotify because he featured those two guests. I want to ask you, the advice given out by these doctors, do you find it dangerous or misleading? If you do, then fine. That's your opinion. But should it be canceled? Should Joe Rogan be canceled? Should his entire ability to make a living be canceled? Because he had those two guests on. They don't just want those episodes pulled. They want his whole entire show pulled. Now, we're going to 
kind of like back up this whole conversation up here and go back to what, you know, Ryan of the Sam and Ryan show posted now. So Ryan posted this article from the BBC that fact-checked Joe Rogan, and that triggered a rather heated debate. You know, you could really see the tribal behavior out in full force. Pretty. Not at all. And uh, I kind of chimed in by posting a link to an article from Reuters that said, uh, in their Phase 3 studies, ivermectin showed an antiviral effect against Omicron and other variants in Phase 3 clinical trials. And, uh, you know, so my article was a fact check to the BBC article that, you know, uh, Ryan Matsumoto posted. And that started another fire, started another debate. And uh, later on, Ryan went on his podcast to continue the conversation in which I participated in. Um, not as a guest, um, just I was just commenting it on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of him because, uh, you know, at the end of the night, you know, Ryan was still rather conflicted on where he would draw the line when it came to information and misinformation especially if uh, misinformation would result in someone dying. Now, I could see what he's, where he's coming from, right? Um, but at the same time, he said he was also very open to having a conversation with views that go against his. And that's a very healthy way to think because at the end of the day, that's the only way you can learn. Really, that's really the only way you can learn. My idea is that we should always be open and open to the idea that we could be wrong you know, after all, who wants to go on another minute in this life believing the wrong thing? Now, from my point of view, misinformation, it's always existed, like I told you before. Documentaries rarely tell their truth. They rarely do. They rarely, rarely do. You have to fact check documentaries. You know, just because a film is called a documentary, don't believe it to be gospel. And in 2006, 2006, do you remember this guy called Al Gore? He created that movie called The Inconvenient Truth. And on the map, he showed Hawaii underwater by 2019. And, uh, you know, I'm still above water. We were told that there was no supply chain crisis. But when we go to the supermarket, we see empty shelves. You know, I'm remodeling my house. My windows I ordered, they won't come in until March. And that's optimistic. My local eatery down the street told me they're having a hard time getting plastic forks from their wholesaler. Misinformation is everywhere, and we can't ban it. This is America. The First Amendment was created to protect speech that is offensive, misleading, and even wrong. This is nothing new. It's always been out there, but both parties are guilty of misinformation. Religions are guilty of it. And yes, misinformation can lead to deaths. But this truly is not about misleading information. It's what the left finds offensive, but more so it's about the left controlling the narrative. That's really what it's all about. They want to have ownership of what the truth is, even if it's fiction. The question is, how do you pull the truth out of a world which is filled with so many rabbit holes of crap? Well, the answer is simple. You have to be smart. You have to be open. You have to be able to humble yourself and you have to be willing to have conversations with anyone that may prove you wrong. All right, peeps, this is the end to the first act of my podcast. I really need to cut to the commercials. Um, I need to pay the bills, need to make some money, need to advertise my company, need to take a break. But when I get back, I'm going to talk about all of the COVID numbers in Hawaii. It's looking very, very good. Um, if you're planning to get married in Hawaii, if you're just living here in Hawaii, you know, you don't have to... You don't have to live in a world of paranoia or fear. So here is the commercial.
Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, my fellow insurrectionists, welcome back to Barbecue to Movies, where I talk about anything I want to because I can. Let's get into these COVID numbers here in the state of Hawaii. Taking this information directly from the state of Hawaii website, the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. Uh, these numbers, I tell you what, the state of Hawaii, they want to paint their own picture with these numbers. They want to get you fearful and paranoid. That's all I can conclude. So let's get into this. Uh, okay, cumulative cases, 220,356. 220,356 cumulative cases. Why are they telling you how many cumulative cases we've had in Hawaii since the beginning of COVID two years ago? There's no use for that. All we need to know is how many cases are currently active. I don't get it. Do you get it? I really don't. Um, yesterday... On February 1st, here's the great news. Uh, we've only had uh, 1,068 cases. So 1,068, that's pretty good. That's really, really good. Now, that's down from a, a high of 6,500. That's incredible. And that's down, for, I think a few weeks ago, we had around 6,000 cases. This number's dropping, not because people are getting boosted, because boosting boosters um, the amount of boosters that are going out in Hawaii right now, it, it's not it's not very high. I think there's only about 31 or 33 percent of uh, uh, locals who residents in Hawaii who are actually boosted. Um, most people have gotten their two shots. A lot of people are electing not to get boosted. Myself, I'm not boosted. My parents aren't boosted. Uh, Pitmaster Keith, he's not boosted. A lot of my friends are not boosted. I have two friends who are not even uh, vaccinated, and they haven't gotten COVID yet, too. This is great news. Really, really good news. COVID numbers are coming down. Why? Because herd immunity is becoming a thing in Hawaii. We have achieved herd immunity. This is something we should have had a long time ago, but we kept locking down. That's my opinion. The fatality rate is only 0.5%. So what does this actually mean? It, you know, they, should, they should change this uh, entire percentage around and just call it their survivability rate. You know, the survivability rate is 99.5%. Isn't that pretty good odds? 99.5%. That means if any of you folks get it, COVID out there, vaccinated or not, you have a 99.5% chance of living. I would take those odds. Those are better odds than cancer. Those are better odds than pneumonia. Those are better odds than the common flu for a lot of people. 99.5%. And it's probably a lot better than that because a lot of people like myself who may have gotten infected with Omicron, I'm pretty sure I did, we did not get tested. Most of the people out there are asymptomatic. They're not even sick. They're not getting tested. They don't really care. Or if they did sick, they don't really care. You know, they're just going to let it pass. So the fatality rate is probably a lot closer to zero. You know, before this whole Omicron wave, they said out there that the fatality rate is probably 0.5% less than what it's reporting. Now, if that's true, 
the fatality rate is close to zero. Now, I know it's not zero for Omicron because there's somebody out there who's dying from Omicron. What do we know about Omicron right now? That it infects the bronchial tubes and not necessarily the lungs. That's why a lot of people don't have a shortness of breath. That's why a lot of people are not getting, getting ventilated with COVID, all right, or because of COVID. Now, some people are getting ventilated with COVID, and that's different. That's way different. Okay, moving on. Hospitalization numbers are currently at 321 uh, patients. That's also very good news. 321 patients with COVID. How many of them are there because of COVID? They're not saying, but we can kind of make an assumption here when we go to the next tab. Uh, how many COVID uh, ICU beds? I mean, hold on. I'm sorry. How many ICU beds are in use with patients with COVID? 49. How many ICU beds are in use for patients who do not have COVID? 178. What does that mean? That means there are 170 people who don't have COVID who are using ICU beds, and we have 49 people who have COVID who are, who are you know, we have 49 people who have COVID who are in the ICU beds. So apparently, there are more people sick, you know, there are more people sick who don't have COVID in the ICU right now. Now, why are they in the ICU? They're not saying that. They may have a broken leg, gunshot wound, stab wound. They may have possibly drowned in Hawaii. We don't know. We honestly don't know. There's a lot of missing information here. We just have to make assumptions that, hey, maybe these 49 people uh, who, who are in ICU beds with COVID, are they there because they need to be ventilated? We don't know. But here's the other thing. The, the other tab here shows us how many people are, um, how many ventilators are in use for COVID patients with COVID-19, not because of the COVID-19, with. Um, there's 31. 31 patients uh, out, of a, out, of a, um, out of a state with 1.6 million people who are ventilated for COVID-19. 31. So we can kind of, we can kind of make an assumption out of the 300 and plus hospitalized uh, COVID patients, only 31 of them are on ventilators. 31 of them are on ventilators. Out of a population of 1.6 million. That's why the governor and the mayors did not institute any type of lockdown because they weren't even they were not even worried of you know our our like our, our running short of ventilators running a short of ICU beds even though there was a lot of patients who came to the um, hospitals with covid and the truth is they were there with covid not because of covid and omicron right now the cdc has reported that Omicron, the infection of Omicron only lasts three days. Three days, people. Think about this. Three days, that's less than the common code. How often has it been? Now, now the common code is a coronavirus. How often have you had a common code, a regular code that you caught from, you know, your, your kid or your friend or anyone? How long have, have you ever had your common code last only three days? No. None whatsoever. You, you may have been out for about a week or so. Three days? Uh-uh. Not at all. Now, a lot of us may have gone back to work because we're, we have said, uh, you know, I can work sick. It's only the common code. But we still had sniffles. We still had a you know, cough. This Omicron, according to, according to the CDC and the NIH, it only lasts three days. 
Now they're saying that we should maybe quarantine for five days just to make sure we don't spread it. And I think that's a pretty good idea, but it's the infection only lasts three days. It's less than the common code. Now patients can still die from the common code. Old people can still die from the common code, which means there's probably some old people out there or some people out there, period, who are dying from Omicron, right? But it's not as deadly as the alpha variant of COVID set out to be. It's fine, everyone. There's no need to be fearful. Just go out there and live your life. Denmark dropped all of their mandates. The UK dropped all of their mandates. Why is the science there different than in the the United States or the entire world? You tell me. Okay, this is it for my podcast. Thank you for listening. I left you on the question there. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about it. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T-O Movies. Yeah, the T-O is not the number two, by the way. It is T-O, like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.